0: good morning everybody and welcome to coffee and football right here on on texas football i'm your host blake monroe we i joined each and every morning by bobby burton and jerry hamilton both of on free and inside texas and guys we're 27 hours away from kickoff i know y'all are at the get teed off at ou texas x's golf classic broadcasting live from there today and uh, I'm going to let y'all tell folks about it. I'm going to kick it right over to y'all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've got uh, with us not only Jerry Hamilton by my side, but also Doug Rice, one of the, uh, uh, I don't know if he's the chairperson, but he's definitely involved in putting all board of this member. together. A <laughs> hey, board member of the Dallas, Texas, Texas. Uh, Doug, uh, thanks for having us out here today. Uh, there's a, over 100 and something people out here already this morning early. They were out here early getting set up. Uh, congratulations to what looks like a, a great event. I'm going to let you tell people about Get Teed Off and other events you guys have going on this week in Dallas.
2: Awesome. Well, first of all, I want to say thanks to uh jerry and bobby for let me come on on texas football i'm just like you guys i watch the show every day three times a day and the whole deal hello rod i wish you were here too and, and everybody else Ian, the whole deal anyway uh yeah so this is our 35th annual get teed off at ou golf classic and uh, we have about i don't know 300 golfers or plus 300 350 golfers, something like that every year so uh and we uh, we raise money for scholarships for ut students that, that live in the dallas area and then uh after the golf tournament tonight uh, I am the chairperson, Bobby, of what is known as the bash before the clash. And it starts at 7 p.m. Tonight, it's going to be down in downtown Dallas, right next to the at t Discovery District at a place called Pegasus City Brewery, 1508 Commerce Street, downtown Dallas right in the heart of downtown Dallas. We'll be there from seven to 10 at nine o'clock. We're gonna have the beat OU pep rally. All right, I am a UT cheer alum and I started that last year. I'm very, very excited about it. We got the UT alumni band, we got some UT uh, cheer and palm alums coming and we're gonna have the the beat OU pep rally as well. So please come on down to the bash before the clash and the beat OU pep rally tonight. At Pegasus City Brewery in downtown Dallas. And then tomorrow we've got the, the, the uh, tailgate. I'm sorry, on Saturdays, the tailgate party, uh, the exercise tailgate party on the fairgrounds. That's another Texas Texas event. That's all I got, Bobby. Well, that's, <laughs> no, <what> I think. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I think it's
1: awesome. How much do you guys give in scholarships each and every oh year, Dallas, Texas, Texas?
2: Tens of thousands of dollars. I'm not sure exactly, but it's it's a lot. We get a lot of scholarships to a lot of deserving students, and they go through a very strict evaluation process to earn those scholarships. It's a it's a really great cause. That's awesome. Yeah. I we're
1: proud of you. Yeah. Proud of you, man.
2: Well, Bobby, uh, uh, Jerry, it's eight <laughs> twelve.
1: And oh, you, know you know suck. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right, everybody. All right. Hope to see
1: you at the bash tonight. Good All luck. Right. Good Thank luck, Doug. Thanks. Thank Appreciate it. All right. Jerry hey, he's got some he's got some uh momentum going to him and going into this game, I think, today, right? I love the His energy. Excuses
3: are flowing. I love the energy. I gotta <laughs> tell you. We walked up and that was energy now. No coffee needed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey I uh, Blake, some other news uh this week too. Uh Steve Sarkeesian went to the mic yesterday and said that uh, J- JT Sanders will play on Saturday. Uh that's the big news. Uh Longhorns, of course, lost him in Saturday's game in the at the end of the first quarter to Kansas, to a twisted ankle, he's going to play. Ryan Watts, however, uh, uh, Blake and Jerry, is a game-time decision, according to Steve Sarkeesian.
3: Yeah, you know for sure. And uh, I think the interesting thing with J.T. Sanders is the one thing I'm watching for with that is, you know, Cedric Baxter was pretty healthy when he made his return, right? And J.T. Sanders wasn't as significant of an injury. But that first time you get tackled and somebody rolls on that ankle, that first time you make that hard, Cut pushing through the ground with the game adrenaline, which you don't have in practice, especially when they're protecting you, how does it respond? How does Sanders' ankle respond to that? If it responds well, game on, right? If it doesn't, then we'll see what Sark does with his uh, with his game plan, the way he attacks Oklahoma. But I can tell you, Texas has been preparing with Sanders and without Sanders this week. So they they know that you never truly know how guys are going to respond until they're in it.
1: No, I, I agree. You can retweak an ankle Anytime. Somebody can roll up, and somebody yeah. can.
3: the first time you get tackled, you know somebody's going to try to twist that uh, thing. I was going to say somebody might if, twist it in this game. If
1: Bosworth or <laughs> Teddy Lehman were in that pile, you know that ankle would be getting twisted. Yeah, I no mean, doubt. without question, <laughs> without question. Hey, uh, Blake, we do have a Big Twelve game tonight. Also, uh, Kansas State goes to Oklahoma State, I believe. Uh, the uh, Cowboys are two and two on the year, but really look like a they look like a a man without a country right yeah. now. Uh, they are not looking good. Uh, Kansas State, of course, 3-1, and one, but the only loss to an unbeaten Missouri team uh, away on a last-second field goal. Uh, the uh, Wildcats' prohibitive favorites here. Uh, let's see if Mike Gundy gets something going in the regular season once uh, regular once a, a conference play starts out. But I just don't feel like that's going to be a big one for those guys.
3: No, I think uh, Missouri really exploited the Kansas State secondary um, in Columbia and then won on a 61-yard field goal. I'm not sure Oklahoma State has the the same guys. They definitely don't have Luther Burden. <laughs> I mean, so I'm not sure uh, Oklahoma State has the guys, the juice they used to have uh, to to take advantage of what was Kansas State's weakness in their loss uh, at Columbia to Missouri. The other thing is, is Oklahoma State, or are they, are they going to be able to hold up inside against Kansas State? We'll see.
1: I want to mention this to some recruiting news. And it's not
3: – I want to get to recruiting because uh, yeah. Jerry found out some more
1: guys coming in this weekend. Uh, for this game or tomorrow for this game. Uh, This is going to be volleyball recruiting. And we have I don't know that we've ever hit on this before, uh, but the nation's number one volleyball recruit committed to the University of Texas earlier this week, young lady named Carrie Spears out of Plano's Prestonwood Christian. She is the daughter of former Dallas Cowboy Marcus Spears and WNBA star Aisha Spears. Uh, So congratulations to Jared Elliott and that uh, those group, uh, that's, You know, look, Logan Eggleston was the number one player in the country coming out of high school. Carrie Spears, number one player coming out of high school. Uh, And she also uh, follows in the footsteps of people like Jermaine O'Neal's daughter going to Texas. Uh, You know, these a lot of highly talented Brian
3: Skinner, uh, former NBA player. Yeah, a
1: lot of highly talented uh, players uh, and their daughters are now going to Texas through the volleyball program. I think that speaks volumes about the University of Texas as an option and, as a whole
3: and i have two things on that guys first of all marcus spears obviously played football at lsu i could go way back in this business i actually went to baton Watson <laughs> to watch him in a high school basketball tournament marcus spears had amazing feet for his size at that age but that wasn't my point my point was you know the volleyball <laughs> program is the one nationally when brian skinner former baylor basketball player nba player his daughter transfers to Texas from Kentucky. She's from the Katy area. And now Marcus Spears, who played at LSU, obviously. His daughter is going to the University of Texas. You mentioned Jermaine O'Neill. Obviously, that's a little different. He came out of high school to the NBA. But uh, pro athletes, former pro athletes, sending their daughters to play for uh, Coach Elliott is a, uh, always a great sign, especially when they went other places.
1: Some of the big names coming in for the uh, yeah. Texas OU game for, from a recruiting perspective, in your opinion?
3: Yeah, I think um, Harlan Barry is scheduled to be in the number one junior running back in the country. He's the number one all-purpose back. I'd say I'm not sure he's the number one true running back yet. Um, But he's out of a private school down there in New Orleans. I went to see him in August. He's scheduled to be at the game Saturday. Uh, Justin Wells uh, reported that at Inside Texas. He's scheduled to be there Saturday. That's one of the big uh, recruiting battles in the southeast. It's it's LSU, the childhood favorite, right? He's from New Orleans. It's Texas with so the shard choice. He was at the uh, June 3rd elite camp when KJ Lacey committed KJ Lacey's remaining contact with him. Then there's Florida uh, Jabbar Jaluk, the running back coach is from New Orleans, is actually the uncle of Harlem Berry. And then you also have Corey Raymond on that Florida staff and Billy Napier. So there's a l- bunch of Florida connection or Louisiana connections on that Florida staff. So that Harlan Berry recruitment, those are the top three. He was at Georgia. We won't count out Georgia, right? He was at Georgia a few weeks ago for a game. Uh, but it's big to get him in. Offensive line's going to be loaded. I was by DeSoto uh, practice uh, Thursday afternoon when I got in town. Uh, we talk about large humans, but I'm not sure there's bigger than Byron Washington, the junior offensive guard tackle from DeSoto. He's six 6'7", uh, 380 to 390, whatever that is. Uh, <laughs> you hear the eyes of Texas in the background here and the um, – But uh, they're starting to get this golf tournament going. But offensive line, I mean, big-time offensive lineman. Ty Haywood just added him on Inside Texas this morning from Denton Ryan. There's five Denton Ryan former players in this game Saturday. Uh, Ty Haywood scheduled to be in. Uh, Michael Fasusi, the top target offensive tackle on the board for Texas and OU. He's from Louisville High School. He's going to be at the Cotton Bowl Saturday as expected and there's a lot of guys. I mean, I, I just saw one of the best freshmen in America, at DeSoto, yesterday. A kid, Ruby uh, Feaster, receiver, has 30 offers. When we talk about what these games do recruiting-wise, what they impact the Alabama game, it impacts 2025, 2026. Most of the, the faces you're going to see, most of the recruits in the stands at the Cotton Bowl Saturday, they're all 2025, 2026 players. Some kids coming up from Shadow Creek like Kobe Sellers. Bobby's a big one. You know, to a couple of shadow Creek guys, two or three guys coming up from the Houston area, not an easy trip on Saturday morning. You play on Friday night, you're driving up Saturday morning to get to uh, Dallas, you know, 30, 9, 30 in the morning. Uh, but the group of 2025s attending the game, it, it, it's it's pretty high end, as expected. All
0: right, guys, uh, there's something else I want to talk about. But before I get to that, I need to tell everybody about Caldera La and with me always being outside, I know that I need to take care of my skin as much as possible. Caldera Lab products help me do just that in an easy, time-saving manner. I use the regimen twice a day, just as directed, and I'm already noticing results just after a couple of weeks. I'm telling you guys, it's the real deal. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen leads off their product lineup. It's a yeah. twice-a-day routine that transforms your skin. It's Excuse me. The regimen includes three products, the Clean Slate, the base layer, and the Good. The Clean Slate starts an day. It's a face wash that leaves all skin types fresh. The base layer is your daily moisturizer that'll hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. And the Good is your go-to multifunctional serum at night that helps protect your skin and make it look tighter and smoother, as well as helps reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. One minute in the morning, one minute at night is all it takes to reduce your wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging. And right now you can get 20% off with code on Texas at lab.com That's right. 20% off at, with code on Texas at lab.com Go check it out today and let it work for you. So I want to thank them for sponsoring and uh, laughing at some of the comments there. But, uh, <laughs> Guys, too blank. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I noticed this morning was that the line Vegas has dropped the line. It wasn't at six yeah. and a half now at five. What are you thoughts on that?
1: I got to be honest. I, I think that uh, the money's coming in on OU side. That's all you can say. Um, and look, there are a variety of thoughts on this game. It's, it's very interesting to me that the two biggest predictors of this stuff nowadays are the uh, college fan graph and the uh, ESPN FEI, Jerry. Yeah. ESPN has uh, has Oklahoma a 57% chance of winning now, I believe it is. Uh, college FEI has Texas – Our college graphs has Texas with a 65% chance of winning. A lot of different things being thought of right now and, and being looked at. Uh, you know, can Texas stop this uh, kind of pinpoint passing game that Oklahoma and Dylan Gabriel deploy – uh, and uh, execute. That's going to be number one. If they can, uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but uh, the Longhorns uh, and Sooners. I look. I, I said it before, and I'll say it again. <laughs> ref line, ref crew was named. Uh, the the fact that money went down, and J T Sanders said he was going to go yesterday. That's kind of interesting to me, actually. That kind of uh, you would have thought it might have moved the other way. Right.
3: Yeah, I think I think the other thing is, you know, Texas is a known. And while Oklahoma is high in the FBI with the SVN, uh, there's still a bit of an unknown. Right. And, and I think that makes it very interesting um, as far as this game goes. So whenever there's a known versus an unknown, I'm not, a, you know, look, I'm, I'm not a guy. I don't bet on this stuff, but uh, uh, it, it always makes for interesting plays to me and interesting predictions on a game. Because, you know, with Texas, they played two ranked opponents already. They won both games by double digits, one of those on the road at Bama. With Oklahoma, you still – there's the bit of the unknown, which adds extra intrigue to this game. Um, but it, it's – you know Oklahoma's an improved team in the secondary. They're really good at linebacker. Uh, their offensive tackles are really good. Uh, Dylan Gabriel did not play in this game last year, obviously. They've added some wide, wide receiver uh, depth in the portal. Uh, Nick Anderson's healthy at wide receiver this year for Oklahoma. Uh, so Oklahoma's an improved team. But I think people are still wondering how much – but I think as this game gets closer, you also look at the history of the rivalry, right? I mean, not that that factors in the betting, but uh, it, it could factor in this, the way some people think about this game. Uh, and so Texas is the better team. They just have to go out and prove it now to me. I, I mean, that's where we're at, that, 26 and a half hours out.
1: Yeah, that's what I, I agree with that comment. I think Texas right now is the better team, but there's still a game to be played. Yes. Right? Uh, you got to prove that you're the better team. You can't. Uh, we were talking. Who was it we were talking to yesterday, Jerry? They were talking about the things that <laughs> they were talking about the things that could really happen. Uh, turnovers late, change momentum. Uh, I was watching Bob, Bob Stoops does a podcast now, and he was talking about this game. He's like, whoever runs the ball better and is more physical, he said. But the thing about running the ball that can also include those quick passes in the screen game to the outside, yeah. whoever runs the ball. And whoever has the fewer turnovers, those are the ones that typically win this game.
3: And, and I want to say something on the turnovers. Uh, I was just on with uh, Aaron and Rod on Austin Radio before we started this to this morning. It's turnovers in your own territory that are big for me. It's where you turn the ball over. Look, if, if each team turns the ball over once and it's not inside your own thirty. That's different, right? If you throw a pick on third and 17 and it's down on the Oklahoma 26 on a long bomb, that's one thing. If you fumble the ball on your own 22, those are huge momentum swings in this game. And that's what you really have to stay away from is those huge momentum swings. I mean, just think back to, uh, I think, special teams. I think the return game is big in that regard, too. I'll tell you, it's, it's a good feeling to have Ryan Sanborn in this game because he does flip the field. And he has been very good for uh, uh, punting the football this year. And and that is big in a game like this. If you can flip the field, there's no – you don't have a shank punt, right? You don't have that 22-yarder that ends up on your own 45 where Oklahoma starts a possession. Making teams drive the length of the field in this game is huge.
1: I agree with that. Uh, Texas has been very good, though, you will say this, on sudden change defense. Yes. Uh, I think they've done that very, very well and been stingy inside the red zone on defense, whereas Oklahoma – of their 27 tries inside the red zone, yeah. they've scored 19 touchdowns. And I think that comes from Dylan Gabriel's experience uh, and his ability to see other receivers. I mean, he's completed touchdown passes, I think, to 12 different people have caught touchdowns, or 9 or 12. Yeah. I can't remember the number. But a lot of different people have caught touchdown passes for the Sooners, and spreading the ball around in the red zone could cause Texas some trouble.
3: And, and here's, here's the interesting part about that. At some point, they're going to have to run the ball to score against a really good defense. If, if when Oklahoma gets in the red zone, they're going to be able to run it against Texas to put it in the end zone. If, you know, at some point, you have to be able to run the ball to score the ball, right? And that's a different element in this game for Oklahoma. They haven't. They kind of struggled. They they had 425 yards against Cincinnati, but they struggled when it got the scoring time. If they get inside the 10 against Texas, are they going to be able to run the ball effectively in those situations or run the ball effectively at all? But Bob Stoops is 100% correct. I, and, look, that's why I give the advantage to Texas this year. I, I, I think three years of recruiting now for Steve Sarkeesian, you're seeing the large humans show up. And I think this year matters. I think Brent Venables is two years the his rebuild. Sarks three years in the Texas. I think the large humans for Texas are going to be a big difference in this game, especially in the second half.
0: All right, y'all. We got a super chat here that I want to read real quick. Uh, this one from Jason Hablinski. Thank you, Jason. He says 84% of the money and 65% of the bets are on Texas. The line movement makes zero sense.
1: Unless there's big money going down and it's a single bet. <laughs> that that uh, The percentage of bets in the actual. So the casual fan may be doing this, but a big, I don't know, a big oil and gas guy in Oklahoma. Maybe going for Oklahoma. I was going to say we know it's not <laughs>
3: Phil Mickelson. He said he's not betting on football this year.
1: <laughs> yeah, I look. I think that Texas, um, the game, and, and betting. You can say what you want, but I, I, I stay away from this game if I were ever to bet because I have seen so many different things happen in this game that I'm not even. I'm convinced I, I don't know anything once I watch it. You know, I, I've seen a Texas team that literally had no business. Winning this game, kick a field goal to win it at the end, um, and I've seen a Texas team with no business winning, no business winning it, winning the whole thing. I mean, and just dominating Oklahoma. So I would not, uh, I I would stay as far away from this game if I were better as possible. That's just me personally. Now that being said, I think Texas is going to win tomorrow. I, uh, our picks went in Jerry yeah. last night, and uh, I put in Texas thirty to twenty four over the Sooners. Uh, I just think Texas is going to be too much. I do think that. OU is going to try to make a game of it, uh, but uh, I, I feel like the I think I feel like Texas is going to keep OU in the 20s, and I think Texas is going to keep scoring in the 30s, like I, they have all year. I went
3: 33-24, and I don't know if that's four Burt Auburn field goals or not. That might not be a good bet prop bet out there right now. Uh, but I went 33-24, I don't know how Texas is going to get to the 33. But I think nine, ten points is about where it's going to be.
1: It's the lowest, That will be the lowest margin of victory for Texas this year. I yeah. mean, every single team. 34-24 over uh, Alabama is the lowest margin of victory thus far. Uh, we'll see. I I, mean, I am interested to see how Texas responds if they are tested. Yes. Truly tested in the third and fourth quarter. Because they, outside of Alabama, they haven't been. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, they basically took Alabama's cornbread uh, in the fourth quarter <laughs> and just took it away from them and ran it down their throats, milking off the last seven minutes of the game to where the defense – didn't even have to perform.
3: Yeah, no no doubt. Hey, by the way, Blake, you can bring up – I don't know if you have it. We can bring it up. But the, the SEC coach's comments yesterday. Oh, yeah. That, Give me just a – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was interesting because I just, I, have a, I have a sneaking suspicion that might have been Kirby Smart without knowing who it was. Uh, somebody asked if we're going to be on from three uh, to four today. Uh, Bobby Burton, uh, myself, and Rod Babers, yes. Longhorn live stream, three to four. Uh, we're doing that from Terry Black's barbecue uh, down in uh, – Downtown Dallas. There, okay. One SEC said one SEC coach after watching Texas. Yeah, I
1: I like it. I'm I'm excited about this game.
3: Look, and I think that's where um, I wrote a story on Inside Texas: five most important players. And I had J.T. Sanders number one because I agree, and and I agree with Rod Babers. He unlocks everything. His health is a very big uh, Saturday because there just aren't. You know, you talk when you talk about the top tight ends in the country. Everybody mentions Brock Bowers, and they mentioned JT Sanders. Why is that? These guys stretch the field vertically. They stress a defense down the field from the tight end position. Then after the catch, uh, they can make 20 yards after the catch. They can make 30 yards after the catch. There are not many of those guys in college football, and JT Sanders' presence is very big against Oklahoma because I think Brent Venables, the, the transfer from Indiana McCullough, uh, can really run an outside backer. And I think they're going to be put in a position, Bobby, where they have to take him out of blitzing situations, potentially not that that's his strength, and put him in coverage situations against JT Sanders. And I think that opens up the field for Sark a little bit.
1: I think the biggest route that he runs that's going to give OU trouble is the over route. Yeah. Um, and that'll make – so Danny Stutzman is, is the key piece of the Sooner defense, in my opinion. Um, and – What I mean by that is he's the guy that controls the middle of the field. He's got a really good sense, just like Jalen Ford, of the passing lanes. And he's not going to be able to cover that over route. And the difference between JT Sanders running that route and Gunnar Helm running that route, is very large. Uh, Sanders gets an extra two steps, uh, to be fair. And so that's why I think JT Sanders can be very important. Uh, If you run both Worthy and or Mitchell deep and you swing – Sanders in behind them that's that's where it changes the game a little bit if Gunnar Helm is doing that it's just a little bit differently run it's not that Gunnar Helm is slow at all I like Gunnar Helm it's just Sanders is a more natural pass catcher that's what he does uh, so I, I feel like that's a, that's a big deal uh, hey uh, Blake we need to get our uh, next uh, uh, advertiser in real quick if you don't mind uh, yeah. that is Jerry you're going to read it uh, for Manscaped
3: yeah, absolutely, guys. Uh, we're brought to you today by Manscaped, who's taken a step from Halloween to bring you, your face, the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all-new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without stress and the mess and stress of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use on Texas for 20% off plus free shipping. Uh, again, I, hey, we're in Dallas, traveled yesterday, travel a lot, whether it's plane or uh, or, or car. Uh, for wet or dry use, feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. The compact design and airplane friendliness make this the perfect travel tool for on the go. And being able to shave up to three days of growth without the mess of a wet shave is priceless. Again, manscaped.com, I brought mine on the trip. My son brought his on the trip. He's taking his first Texas OU game ever. Saturday, we brought our Manscaped products with us to Dallas. Again, manscaped.com. Use code code ONTEXAS for 20% off plus free shipping.
0: All right, y'all. Y'all, of course, are over there at the Get Teed Off at OU Texas Texas Golf Classic. That's where Bobby and Jerry are broadcasting live from. As I said earlier, later on today, they'll be over at Terry Black's. So a full day of excitement right here on on Texas football, um, but we got lots of recruiting questions. So I want to start with those for a minute. And Jerry, I know you answered the first part of this earlier, but for too broke to pay attention says, are there any surprise visitors that we might be able to expect? And I know you can't name names if there are, but yes or no?
3: I uh, no, surprise visitors, nothing, nothing we've heard yet. I, I think a lot of the visitors in this game are going to be twenty twenty five kids. Um, look, Harlan Barry's scheduled to be in. Number one running back in the country out of New Orleans, scheduled to be at the game tomorrow. Uh, we'll see if that actually happens. That's a LSU-Florida-Texas battle right now. Ty Haywood was just uh, – we just learned about Ty Haywood out of Denton Ryan this morning, a uh, top 200 offensive tackle in the country. I was by DeSoto yesterday, saw uh, Byron Washington, 6'7", 383, 90, junior offensive tackle. I mean, all, a lot of the big time offensive linemen, Michael Fasusi, they're all going to be at this game. We talked about that headed into the Texas Alabama game. Uh, you know, these games really impact recruiting in the next couple of classes, right? I mean, a lot of the kids in the stands in Alabama to watch Texas beat uh, the Crimson Tide 34 24. They were 2025, 2026 prospects from Georgia, state of Alabama what have you. It's going to be the same thing Saturday in the Cotton Bowl. It's going to be a bunch of the top juniors in this DFW area, some from Houston, some maybe from East Texas, Zion Williams from Lufkin's a maybe um, as of last night. It's going to be a bunch of the 2025s, 2026s, and even the best 2027 prospect in the DFW area out of DeSoto, a electric wide receiver is going to be there. So that's where the majority of the recruiting, uh, the names you're going to see are going to come from.
1: yeah we're gonna we're gonna have a special guest here i think he's joining us right now how you
4: doing how you doing Quan cosby come on in buddy uh kwan's joining us i can't sit down like i used to
1: the university university, uh, had Quan come out and lead him what'd you do in uh,
4: the eyes today a little texas fight yeah man we got a little thing We're, we're competing with those Damn sooners, like we always do, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be louder, crazier, and all of the above. So I'm gonna get this tournament started whenever uh, they fire it up in a little bit.
2: Gotcha, Quan.
1: Uh, you played in this game, obviously. Uh, appreciate you being here, oh, out yeah. here supporting Longhorns uh, today. Longhorn. Uh, the Question I had for you is: tell us a little bit about this game, uh, what your feelings are. I mean, you almost went to OU. Now that was almost the team listen, you went to. That was it. Came down to Texas and OU. Listen,
4: that's the cool piece. At the end of the day, we hate them. Especially what once you, once you're supposed to get the book, but you, we respect them, right? You know, um, but they win a lot. I mean, I don't even want to talk about certain levels of the Big Twelve championship and all that. But uh, three and one versus those MOPOs, and if, um, if, if Jamal don't fumble on the two yard line, four and zero. <laughs> Peter Gordon, <laughs> that freaking fumble. Um, but no, man, this game is—you throw out the records, you throw out all the above. But I tell you, the, the thing I like about this year is it feels a lot like Oasis, right? You know, you have two. Yeah. That game was so big, and whoever won it was probably we got screwed in the end, but whoever won it was probably gonna either win the Big Twelve or go to the national championship. And college football is better when that's the case. It's one of the best damn rivalries on the planet. So when both of them are relevant, good, ranked. Um and then you talk about this storyline, the exit of the Big Twelve year, and we're the only two, so it is uh man, it's fun. Dallas is, is a great place
1: this week. Yeah, the I everybody is gonna remembers one play from you in this in this rivalry. And you know exactly have you talked what? to Lindy Holmes no, since you true. absolutely they gave me knocked a him
4: over here to say or whatever, and I'm of course gonna switch it up. And I was like, All right. And I, and of course the people marketing people at the president's office is like, oh Lord, and I was like, I, this is what I'm gonna say. Forget what you said. I'm going to start. I'm Lindy Holmes' daddy, aka Quan. And <laughs> <laughs> they laughed. They're was like, no, we can't. Do hey, that. look, if,
3: if that guy has bad dreams, I know what they're about. Okay? <laughs> That's all I got to say. That doesn't leave the memory
4: bank at I mean, night. Okay. I played okay? with uh, Oklahoma's Roy Williams at Cincinnati. Okay. And, and I asked him, I was like, this, this is ridiculous. That dude won't talk to me. And because I've seen him at different <laughs> charity events. And then I end up, he said, here, let me let you talk to his agent. He'll explain. And he said, Every freaking year, it's not even about Longhorn Nation sending them videos. He said his own damn fans send him that video, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Good, I like it. It's like Joel Clatt in uh, yeah. in oh, Andrew, and, and, Andrew exactly. and, and Drew and Drew breaking his freaking jaw. he just gotta give Joel finally said something nice about it. He, again, having a gone. Hey, I think he's up there. Hey, I gotta say this,
3: Bobby. I know you watched Kwan in high school, too. Yep. This is the first guy on a high school highlight tape I've ever seen slow down to a trot walk going around the end and then turn to, you, had, you know, you had the quick little pitter-patter feet, yeah. right? That was on Leon. That was exactly the, dude, you, dude. you know the play on, on, on Recruits Interview where Craig Way sitting there yeah. going over your highlight tape. You literally slowed down. You're moving about this fast. I was like, what? And then, he, then you hit the Jets. So you got around. <laughs> yeah, he, I was going hey, on the right that side. That was
4: like mini Peter Wart stuff, man, for <laughs> you, you know right? what's funny, too, is uh, uh, back in those days, uh, what's my man at A&M? R.C. Socom was there that night. Oh, yeah, R.C. Was, was there? Was yeah. There that night, and we played Leon. And I was running around the end, and, of course, they're, you know, knees and elbows trying to get me, and I just <laughs> It's a lot of fun. That's hey, of fun. Quan,
1: uh, tell, take us inside the locker room a little bit. Tell us your feelings and what what the team feels, players feel. Walking out of the tunnel we hear is just unbelievable. The fact that it's both both fans. I mean, one of the things we talked about is there's never a quiet moment in this game. There's always one side cheering. Usually, I talked to Diamante Tucker Dorsey on Monday, and he said, look, most of the time in most games, One side's quiet when something's bad's happening, but in this one, everybody's yelling all the time.
4: Well, even you know, this fun little competition we're doing to cheer louder than them, that's that's a stadium all day long. It's they're competing on the field regardless of what the score is, but you're pissed off, and especially those down that 50 yard line, there's a lot of chatter back and forth, and that's what makes it so unique. Uh, and and Oklahoma, probably 75% of their players are Texas kids. And we think they betrayed it until they crossed the damn river. <laughs> you know, it's just, there's so much flavor in this game. And I, I know Keith Morland, my buddy, said it best. Dude played in the World Series, all that. And he says, walking out of this tunnel surpasses you. And that's insane to me. But it's not because this game, uh, <laughs> it, it does something to you once you've played in it, been a part of it. Unfortunately, I've been waking up at four o'clock all week, dude. It's crazy. It sucks not being able to participate. Yeah, but I'm like I'm fired up when I played in the game. Hell, I slept like a baby because I knew I'm about to whoop their butt. But now I'm <laughs> I, I, there's
3: nothing I can do about it's like, it. It's like being the dad when your kids yeah, playing and dude. you're in the stands and you're like, I'll that's when you
4: get nervous. I rewatch Kansas at four o'clock in the morning twice this week. It's just crazy. So man, it's it's again. I truly I'm biased, but it's one of the best rivalries in the freaking country. It's, uh, it's it's fun game day being there. They it, you know, when the national folks say it's one of the best places they like to to visit and be a part of, it's uh it, it's pretty fun. And I, I think it's gonna live up to it. Uh, this first of all, the locker room is pumped because JT's back. Yeah. So he's gonna play. That dude's a cheat code. And then um, it's just this is what you come to UT. For. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you come to UT for these this week, these games, being number three in the country and. Uh, I, I like, especially leading with our defense. I like that change. Yeah, I was
1: going to say that. I was going to mention that. You've watched Texas, obviously, Quan. What do you think about this team? Uh, the defense, the offense. What are you seeing from them as the season progresses?
4: This game, particularly, the most physical team wins. And as yeah. and, and, and much as we have a phenomenal receiver role, and I think they'll do their thing. Um, you still have to be physical. The line has to protect. You know, all the above. Same with with their QB, who's a very good quarterback. Um, and so, I think we're a more physical team. I know Tuscaloosa actually believes that now. And um, and if we come with that level and that uh, yeah. that energy, uh, again, I just I like what I see. They have what sixty some new players on their roster, and, and it's improved. Right. But I, I do believe we still have the better roster. Well, I was gonna say I ask you this.
3: Obviously, you're you're very close to it on a day to day basis.
4: What, how, what have
3: you seen from your, your your through your eyes start building this program that's impressed you? Well because you have you were part of building Texas to what it was, so you know how it
4: goes. The most impressive thing to me is how he did it. He built it from the trenches up. Yeah, skill positions. We've actually had pretty damn good players for a long time, but if you can't protect, if you can't do the things to get that thing started, it's it, it's as good as nothing. If, yeah. if there's nobody to get it there. So he he. And even we've landed a couple more in the last few weeks. Uh, great linemen, uh, D linemen—they've developed guys. Yeah. So I think the comp- the combination of starting in the trenches and developing all positions is uh is, is we're we are in a place we haven't been in a long time. I mean, even our quarterback room—it's crazy. So um, I'm so impressed with Sark. He reminds type guy who gets it done. With, with our people, with our fans, with our alumni. And so uh, I, I think we're in a damn good place. And we haven't been there in a while, so it feels good. It, it does feel good.
1: Yeah, I think I think Texas uh, goes into this game as a five-point favorite. But I try to tell people you can just throw that line out the window. It doesn't matter.
4: Well, and honestly, this year in general, Vegas, it's always freaky how good Vegas is. i like, <laughs> know somebody in that yeah. damn thing. But they missed a lot this year. Our game, until, I mean, they're just across the country there's been a lot of non covers And so the parity that maybe NIL and the portal, which I think is a disaster, but that is creating, it's creating more parity. So even before all that, this game, the hell with any line you could ever see because you just don't ever know. So um, I think, um, can we beat them worse? Sure. But we all know they can beat us. That's just what this game is about. Uh, they have a good team. Coach venables I go way back with him. You recruiting guys now. Oh, that. yeah. Yeah. Um, Although he did finally by the end of it, he got a little nastiness with me when I chose. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, Quan! I was going to ask you this because you, Derek Johnson, that class oh, yeah. that was after sixty three fourteen. And then they stole Tommy Harris.
3: <laughs> but hey, y'all, y'all went to Texas after sixty three fourteen. Yeah, and I, I remember hearing how frustrated Stoops was that he wasn't winning the recruiting battles on guys like you after blowing out uh, oh, yeah. Texas.
4: And what were the? Uh, do you remember those conversations? Oh, hell yeah. And I'm going to tell you the problem. There's two things. My first go around i go to norman i swear they're obsessed with long every person we're better in texas we're better in texas we're better in texas i was like i go to austin like, they've had our number and then the second go around something happened we remember the good old red beaumar and yeah. Adrian peterson had soda yeah. and me Coach venables and um, another guy was going to their little dining hall thing their best damn players getting out of his car and Strong as an ox, of course, but he's swing picks up his bags. And Coach Venables say, Hey, Rhett, you guys help help Adrian. And Rhett Bobar was like, Oh, forget it. That literally made my decision right there. Interesting. And so you got a damn recruit. Coach Venables, Adrian probably had more bags than all of us, and so they were strong. And we're <laughs> carrying this stuff in and his own teammates. And I think you start seeing a little bit of decline in that era. They still had dudes, but I think their culture changed a little bit certainly with him and he didn't finish on so no man co- by the last year 45 35 game venable said great job kicking our fleet." and um I re- clearly <laughs> you made the right choice so a lot of respect for him um but uh man hey you you guys do a hell of a job man i appreciate it Hey, right,
1: we got somebody that, that chimed in here drew kelson
4: <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> hey, <we're laughs> talking about you hey dude you hey talk about me and lindy he'd go to jail for what he did <laughs> you, you that is not okay man Dude.
3: I bet you started a different career for him so, and that's gone pretty well actually, you, you, <laughs> you, Drew you, you should be on this you for what it is
4: man.
1: So, Drew Kelson says for those of y'all just listening on audio Quan was a grown man when he started at Texas he was a cheat code. you did come in after uh, because yeah, man, you, you played a little baseball. pro baseball yeah,
4: man it's sure and I appreciate Drew that dude is one of the best people yeah damn good player and people um up in H town but it was iron sharper than iron playing against Drew playing against a Ross you know people all all those schools that's what got me back to where I needed to be because hell I hadn't touched football in five years when I got back but playing against them every day and not just our practice an hour afterwards, going in, getting me ready. So uh, I was fortunate enough to be on the squad like that with dudes like that that, uh, that got me ready to, to play in this uh-huh.
1: All right. Uh, All right thanks, Quan. Appreciate hey, you, buddy. Appreciate you, right.
4: Have Ooh, a good one, man. Good to see you, man. I, <laughs> time, man.
1: I hope everybody I hope could you, hear buddy. there. We had. We, I hope we didn't have too many mic problems, guys. Uh, but uh, long story short, uh, we're we're uh, happy to have Quan join us. Uh, Quan Cosby, uh, former Longhorn, uh, national champion, by the way. Uh, good to hear him and uh, see him out here. He's getting this uh, golf tournament to st- help them get the Dallas, Texas, X's golf tournament started uh,
0: for us. So, uh, thanks Quan Cosby.
4: Yeah. All right,
0: well, let's get back to some more questions. We got plenty of them and, uh, let's go to this one from two broke to pay attention. He said, we've heard Texas coaches talk about weathering the storm against OU, expecting wrinkles, et cetera. What can we expect to see from Texas in the form of a surprise or a wrinkle or two, two? maybe four or five wide receiver sets. I mean, I think you'll see a wrinkle or two, but I also think
3: that you're going to – why change things that are that have worked? If you go into Alabama and you have success against Alabama, that doesn't mean you don't want to add a wrinkle. Uh, but I think people thinking that Sark's going to sit here and it's going to be so much different than what we've seen this season, why would you change things that are working? You're You're very difficult to defend. Alabama's the best defense you've played this season, and will be after Saturday as well. I don't care what statistics say. Alabama's defense is better; it has better personnel than Oklahoma. Um, you're not going to change up much of what you're doing. There's a reason you recruited the large humans. There's a reason you recruited these guys because you want to lean on somebody, and in the third and fourth quarter, that really come to fruition. So, I, I, I it won't shock me if you see Sark start with. You know a little bit of horizontal passing game, which are short runs, right? Like he's done before. Um, I'll go catch the TD pass. Uh, I, it wouldn't shock me to see uh, Texas come out in many the same way they did against Alabama, they've done in some other games this year. Uh, Sark likes the pass to set up the run, and he likes the pass to set up the power run late in the second half of games, and uh, until somebody pushes him off that. I'm not sure you're going to see a lot of change. Are you going to see some wrinkles? I think in the red zones where you see, may see wrinkles.
1: I Texas got to find a way to put the ball in the end zone and not settle for field goals. Yeah. That's going to be the, the issue because uh, OU, even though Texas is good in the red zone on defense, OU is going to find a way to put the ball in the end zone if they get down there. So Texas, conversely, cannot settle for field goals if they get inside the 10. Sark has – I'll tell you what's had been the problem: Texas on first down and goal inside the ten has not had successful first down plays. Yeah. They haven't made it second and goal from the four; it stayed second and goal from the eight or nine. Yeah, and that just changes your whole outlook. Now you can't run it in from the four. You know, well, it's a. Uh,
3: I thought so. What Sark said after Kansas: "Man, I got too cute in the uh, first half in the red zone." I have a feeling Saturday, knowing how this game goes, when Texas gets inside the ten they're going to try to run the ball in their big 12 package and say, all right, Oklahoma, this is the game where you man up. And you said, and Stephen Sark, who loves the to complete touchdowns in the red zone is going to hand the ball to Jonathan Brooks and Cedric Baxter and say, all right, Oklahoma, what are you going to do about it? And then if they force him to pass, that's one thing, but I, I, this is a game where you, where you run the ball in the end zone to win the game. Just think back to the 08 game, you know, Big run, open down the sidelines. Then Cody Johnson, Texas getting the push on along the goal line on that Cody Johnson touchdown. I think you're going to see Texas come out Saturday when they get in those situations. And Sark's going to call run plays and he's going to challenge Oklahoma to physically stop Texas.
0: I guess we got a couple of super chats, and you're going to have to bear with me on this one from Trace Crutchfield. Uh, it's a three parter, <laughs> so he says. At the Texas State Fair, where the corn dogs delight, be it mustard, ketchup, mayo, Longhorn Faithful will unite. Part two. And Bobby, Jerry, and Justin, with their burnt orange all shucks, reminds us every single day that OU still sucks.
3: Grace is on a roll. Is there a part three of this? There's the limerick.
0: So in Dallas comes Saturday at the Hallowed Cotton Bowl, it's the Red River Rivalry, and Texas
3: will roll. roll. Uh, hey Trace, I like you, Trace, it. you need, you want to write intros.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that sounded somebody needs to do the Matthew McConaughey voice on that yeah. one. All right,
3: <laughs> right. Jake Faust said Mayo. Jake, I think you have missed the whole discussion, but. As a kid, I did put mayo on corn dogs. Uh, I don't think I'll do it Saturday just because I don't know who would be taking a photo and posting it on this, <laughs> this uh, uh, coffee and football next week. So.
1: Hey, I want to do this real quick. I need to say thanks to Game Time. Game Time is one of our uh, key sponsors uh, for uh, On Texas football. Uh, the guys over there do a great job uh, helping people get uh, their uh, Game Time tickets. Right on it. So if, if you're at, headed to the Cotton Bowl tomorrow, check them out. Uh, it's an app. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country. And for good reason, you can get images of your seats before you buy. You'll know exactly where you're sitting in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. I have personally use game time for sporting events and concerts. Uh, I told you all I've, I've used this for a World Series ticket with the Astros once before, uh, for both myself and my family. So if you need last-minute tickets, <laughs> there's really no better place. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Download the Game Time app, create an account. And if you use code ONTEXAS, you get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an app, create an account, and redeem code ONTEXAS for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, The Cotton Bowl is calling you. If you're not, don't already have tickets, uh, get out there and root on the Longhorns. Uh, Use game time code on Texas for $20 off.
0: All right, we have a comment here that I wanted to read from Sooner NCO. He says, I'm an OU fan, and I think it'll come down to the Texas O-line. If OU can't stop the run, OU will not be in this game. Uh, And I'll add to that. If they can't stop it early, when the legs are fresh,
3: that's a bad sign for Oklahoma. If Texas runs the ball in the first quarter effectively, that's not a good sign for Oklahoma uh, because Brent Venables is going to have to change his, uh, uh, much of what he wants to do uh, defensively. And, and I really think that's the thing. I, I, I'll say this again. Look, after last year, uh, after 49 nothing last year, Brent Venables cannot get on the bus and go back to Norman playing a conservative game. Oklahoma fans will boo him out of town he's going to bring the kitchen sink in this game. They're going to do everything on both sides of the ball they can. It's a kitchen sink game after last year. You're bringing everything you have. I thought it was interesting that Rod Babers mentioned that, you know, Jackson Arnold, they've lined them up wide wide receiver a little bit. You're going to see, and just to get it on film, what are they going to do with that Saturday? We're going to find out, Uh, but this is a kitchen sink game. They're going to throw everything they can, and that's why it's so imperative Uh, for Oklahoma did they stop the run early and show some signs that they can stand up defensively uh, to the Texas run game because if they don't it makes it very difficult
1: and the one thing that I I think that uh, OU has done a nice job of they're building their roster right now and so while they still don't have guys like Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy on the interior Jerry they do have more bodies, experienced bodies, experienced bodies, third and fourth year guys. We, we heard from Josh McQuiston yeah. uh, on Wednesday or excuse me, on Thursday about that yesterday morning. Uh, it's not that there's so much great or anything like that, but they've just got more of them. So they aren't tiring out as much. So that's something that Texas is going to have to watch for. Yeah. Ha- they haven't seen Texas hasn't seen a defensive front with as much depth since Alabama. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that they're Kansas is good ro- as Alabama. Kansas
3: rotated a lot of guys, but once Kansas got into that game they realized, okay, our guys aren't as good as we thought they were exactly. at the point of attack.
1: Yeah. That's exactly it. No, no man, we're on air. We're <laughs> <laughs> good though. So they're at, we're we're, we're uh, right here have a corn dog, Yeah, <laughs> no, We're right here at the front of the Dallas uh, teed off Dallas Texas X's Golf Classic. Uh, they raise thousands of dollars each and every year. For uh, students for the University of Texas, uh, that's why we're happy to be here. Uh, we talked to Quan Cosby a few minutes ago, guys. Uh, just a good time had by all, I think. Right now, uh, Blake, let's get back to some questions. If you got any, bud.
3: Hey, by um, the way, Mark, Mark the kitchen sink for Texas. Look, I I, I expect to see more Jonte Cook as the season moves along, because here's the thing: Jordan Waddington's very good in his role, possession receiver that can do a little bit after the catch. Great blocker, great. Locker room player, really bit, really blood, sweat, and tears for this program uh, in Sark's build. But Tay Cook has vertical speed. And I think as the season moves along, I think we're starting to see that. Texas is going to hunt some matchups and some opportunities for Jonte Cook. And I think Saturday is going to be more of those than we've seen to this point if the game kind of moves in that direction um, uh, for Texas. I think you're going to see them stretch the field vertically more with – Worthy um, with Worthy, Mitchell, Cook, and Sanders on the field at the same time—absolutely—and test that Oklahoma defense down the field. They
1: need to test the secondary,
3: and that also opens up the run game.
1: Yep, three hundred plus golfers here today—that's a lot. That's a—that's crazy. That's how much support
0: the Longhorns get. A lot of
3: Pro V ones in the water, guys.
0: (laughs) All right, guys, we got more. I'm not saying
3: there's there's anything wrong with that.
0: (laughs) All right, next kill said it. <laughs> Dax Kelms says, should we worry about JT and fumbles if his ankle's bothering him? He has put a few on the ground this season. Luckily, all have been recovered.
1: You know, him and A.D. Mitchell seem to have be the ones most uh, prone to coughing up the football, actually, at, when they're running. A.D. has gone, or a, a, I'm sorry, I should say Adonai. I Apo, a, a, apologize there. I'm staying there. with A.D. Uh, well, you have to call the man the way that, that he wants to be called. The, the, the issue here is this. Okay. They have both fumbled the ball going to the ground. That cannot happen. There can't be those narrow misses today. The margin for error is too slim in this game. Uh, cannot have a turnover that is just frivolous. That's the one thing in this game. You can't just, the, the ball has to be tight at all times. Can this game, I'm telling you, margin is too slim. Margin for error, too slim.
3: Yeah. Uh, Adonai, sorry. I'm Adonai Mitchell, I got you. you hey, by, by the way, I got to call you what you want to be called because you have two national titles right <laughs> now. No pressure, Texas. He's only played on national champions.
1: Hey, 10 catches for 141 last two, last week too, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah, two oh, TD.
0: All right, we got another Super Chat. This one from Daily.
3: Adonai Mitchell is starting to be mentioned in late first round of NFL mock drafts, guys. He's going up the NFL draft boards during the season.
0: Yeah. Yeah, PFF had him going to the Chiefs in their latest mock draft. All right, Jay Lee with the Super Chat says, Calling it now, one of these guys has a remember forever type game. Cook, Baxter, or Muhammad? Uh,
1: I would say that group, I'm going to go with Baxter. I, I think he's going to get his chance early and often. They're going to try. Texas is going to try to establish the run. Uh, he is going to be a focal point along with Jonathan Brooks.
3: Yeah, it's it's normally uh, it's normally the guy you don't expect. Um, I'm I'm going Jonte Cook in this game, uh, not for a UT Boy uh, super chat. Uh, UT Boy, I posted on Inside Texas yesterday the picture in the DeSoto uh, uh, field house with the state championship uh, uh, on the wall. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going actually going John T. Cook in this game. He's from DeSoto, homecoming. A DeSoto, Soto one state last year. There's three DeSoto guys in this game. Um, and I think it's Jonte's been building for that big touchdown, this first touchdown of his college career. And I think with Oklahoma, okay, we got to stop the run. Oh my gosh, look at Xavier Worthy. We can't give him, we can't leave him in space. And A. D. Mitchell's coming off his best game ever in college. Oh, and there's the tight end from Denton Ryan, who's moving well enough. John T. Cook's going to get some favorable matchups in this game. I think he's going to have a couple of huge plays. So
1: you take Cook. I took Baxter. That means it's going to be Muhammad.
3: Well, and, and, and Brian, Watts, <laughs> Brian Watts can't go, obviously, Muhammad's starting at boundary corner, and he's going to have the most opportunities
0: of anybody. Yeah. Yeah. All Thanks,
1: right. totally for the super chat.
0: That's right. And we got another super chat here from Fresh6473. says, Jerry, Bobby, how confident are you guys in Malik Murphy as a backup quarterback if he has to go into the game due to an injury to Quinn as Longhorn Nation knocks on wood?
1: Well, I think yeah, I'm going to knock on wood right now what we're talking about, too. I, I think that that is just a different animal. Uh, and what I mean by that is I think your your offense uh, certainly gets shortened. Your, everything you've practiced this week, I mean, while Malik Murphy has been taking second team reps and running all that out, uh, we saw it last week with jason bean uh against texas right. and kansas it's just not and, and the that same. was a very
3: experienced quarterback yeah
1: i mean it's just not the same and this is a big uh big uh, uh venue to, to, to have that happen uh but uh if if he goes out there the playbook will be shortened uh the tech and the texas defense better come to play
3: well in, in, in that scenario right there brent venables is bringing the house yes on every snap okay let's let's get real he is bringing the house in that scenario
2: and he should
0: yes uh and he should all right, thank you, Fresh6473, for that Super Chat. This next question is from Gary Smallwood. He says, Bobby, why on first and goal, why are we not in heavy formation with Murphy at fullback and just smash them off tackle? Has it been stopped yet? Don't understand Sark's thinking. What is inside the 10?
3: I think he's doing it this week. I, I, we just kind of mentioned that earlier. I think this is where you're, what you're going to see Sark do this. I'm not saying with Byron Murphy necessarily. I think he's inside the five. But I think the Big Twelve package. I think when Texas gets inside the ten, this is the game where you line up and say, "Mono, y mono, all right, Oklahoma, can y'all stop the power run?" And
1: I and I would add, I would add to this. Actually, one piece is that a lot of Sark's problems haven't been on first and goal inside the five. It's been on first and goal at the eight or nine,
2: yeah.
1: um, and where you have to pretend that there's a run pass option, and then the the defenses are literally just loading up to stop the yep. run. Um, and so, what does he do if it's first and goal at the eight or nine? That's going to be the one, not first and goal at the right. four or five, because then he is doing exactly what Gary's saying, like he did against Alabama with
3: Jonathan Brooks. Yep.
0: I think he's going to power run in this one. Needs to. We talked about confidence in Blake Murphy. Now we have a question about y'all's confidence in Quinn from R. Charnel. He says, do you have confidence Quinn can hit the deep ball if OU sells out on stopping the run and shortstop? We haven't seen him hit it consistently since Alabama.
3: Well, I mean, you're never going to hit a deep ball consistently, first of all. I mean, uh, even Jeff Blake, who threw it as well as anybody, will tell you, that's not something you do consistently. That's there. There's a reason – Those are the fewest pass plays called. Um, The whole key is getting the favorable matchups. That's the whole key. Uh, The Alabama favorable matchups, worthy one-on-one. A.D. Mitchell one-on-one. What you don't want to be doing is throwing deep middle late. Um, I think what we've seen with Sark has changed the deep ball game, though. Um, Rod Babers and I talked about this, and Bobby, I think we were all in the same live stream. In that Big 12 personnel, they're running some really – deep intermediate routes, and it's opposite hash throws. I think that's where you're seeing, okay, so Quinn throws the deep ball middle, hash marks and in, those deep ball tremendously well, naturally. Deep right sideline has been where he struggled. Deep left sideline, he's pretty good at. So what has Sark done? I think Sark's adjusted, Bobby. When you have the matchups, yes, when you get the one-on-ones, yeah, you're going to take him. But when you don't have those one-on-ones, what are you going to do? Well, he's dialing up deeper routes out of the Big Twelve personnel that may not be thirty-yard routes down the field, but they're long forty-yard throws to long either intermediate completions, which are explosive plays.
1: How many? How many uh, of them are twenty? How many people in college football throw twenty-yard curls? Nah. And
2: that—that's essentially. what? Teddy
3: Lehman thinks everybody does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My point is. That's what they're doing uh, right yep. now. And that that does uh, create some space, I think, for later deep ball throws. Uh, Quinn's throwing the ball well right now. Uh, I don't know that he's the best deep ball thrower, but to say he hasn't thrown it well, I mean, threw one to Jontae Cook that was on the money against Baylor. Yeah. They didn't really test him against Kansas because Kansas sat two, two uh, safeties back and made Texas run the ball down the field. And Jonathan Brooks ended up with two hundred. What, 17 yards? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, pick your poison a little bit. And that's what Steve Sarkeesian wants as much as anything with this offense when he has those level of tools around
3: him. Yeah, I mean, no doubt about it. And, and that to that point, I mean, look, it's going to depend on what Sark does. Saturday is going to depend on how Oklahoma plays him. But I'll, I'll say this again. Um, I, I, the last thing Oklahoma wants to have happen is Quinn, the bill to halftime, time, climb the pocket and make the throw he wants to make. That, that's not a winning proposition for Oklahoma Saturday. That's why I think you're going to see Brent Venables bring it. I think you're going to see more corner blitzes, Gentry Williams off the corner, the nickels. Uh, whatever I think you're going to see him blitz off the edge a lot in this game to keep Quinn from getting comfortable and start getting comfortable on those longer developing routes. The longer developing routes are an issue for Oklahoma if a quarterback has time to step up, fly in the pocket, and every that play to develop. That's not where you. Want that's a,
1: that's a problem for everybody. That's not where you want. I mean, Dylan Gabriel is going to be a problem for Texas. Exactly. if That's enough time to throw. Yes, I mean that's just a, that's a reality. Nobody's nobody's secondary
3: is. Is that good? No, no. Anytime a quarterback's patting the ball near a defensive coordinator, you don't feel good about
0: it. Yep. Right, we got a uh, super chat here. This one from Brian, and Brian says, "You guys are the best in the biz." Brooks is about to put himself in the Heisman race, thirty-seven to twenty-eight in Texas. Look, I'll, I'll say this:
2: if
3: Jonathan Brooks goes out and rushes for two hundred fifteen yards again, and, and Texas beats Oklahoma. Yeah, he's going to be – he's going to start climbing the boards. He's going to be talked about. That's for sure. No way around it.
1: Him and Quinn, uh, by the way. Uh, That's interesting. I actually – that score – that score is not a bad score because, of course, it has Texas winning. But 37-28, that would put Texas right in the middle of their average. Yeah. A little bit more than what they scored uh, against Alabama. It would put Texas giving up more points than what anybody scored on them. However, OU may have a better offense they've seen. Uh, it's right around the over-under in Vegas. Not a bad, not a bad one. Not not a bad one
0: at all. Yeah. All right, this next question from William Neach says, How big of an advantage do you think Texas has having the more cohesive team? OU has a lot of new players, especially on both sides of the ball. I think that's an interesting topic because you know.
3: Talk about it's a revenge game for Oklahoma, right? 49 nothing last year, revenge game, revenge game. They have 43 new players. Over half their scholarship roster wasn't even around for the game. So all I've seen is the replay of the game. But they don't have the absolute hate in their heart for getting beat 49 nothing last year. That's where the portal is so interesting, especially when new coaches take over these blue blood programs you know, you rebuild this roster with such big numbers, whether it's high school or transfers, Bobby. These guys from year to year, they don't have that. Oklahoma, they lost 49 nothing last year, but 43 new players don't have anything to do with that. So, it, 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 yes, Oklahoma has revenge on their mind, but for the D-tackle Terry who was at Tennessee last year – he doesn't know this game. He didn't even see it. He didn't see it. No. He hasn't played in it before. So that's what makes this so interesting with the portal now and games like this, is especially when these coaches come in and they're rebuilding programs. There's so much roster overturn from different directions more in high school recruiting. Uh, but Texas more cohesive team. I'll say this. I think coaches, players, coaches more than players know exactly who Texas is. And I think the Texas staff and the Oklahoma staff still says Oklahoma's improved, but to what level we don't know. And even Oklahoma staff is waiting to find out Saturday.
1: I, I will say this. I, I'm going to give a hat tip to Brent Venables. One of the reasons the OU is 5-0 and o is they are a more cohesive team this year than they are last year. Yeah. Just like Texas was a more cohesive team last year in Steve Sarkeesian's second year than they were in Steve Sarkeesian's first year. So both teams are on this – trajectory right now. Venables is a good coach. Uh, I think he's got them playing in the right direction. He's got them more cohesive. The question is, does he have the horses to beat Texas
0: on Saturday? Yeah. All right. This next question from Shabam Patel says, Hook'em guys, our D-line should have an advantage over Oklahoma's O-line. How many sacks do you think we have tomorrow?
1: They've only given up, I think, eight all year. Yeah. Uh, or No, they've given up four and had eight, made eight. only like that they have a quick passing game, uh, and I can guarantee you they're going to deploy that early and often tomorrow. Uh, they're going to try to do that instead of run the ball early. Would be my guess uh, because they they think running the ball early is going to be a, a, what I call DFF, destined for failure. Uh, given that, I I expect them to try to get the ball out quick uh, and kind of make that Texas pass rush delay a second uh, because they're going to be going to their flanks. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, Two, three sacks, something like that would be probably the number. I really look for pressure coming from the inside at Texas, whether that's uh, Jalen Ford, whether that's Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat, somebody on the interior, they need to find a a weak point in that OU
3: front. Everybody looks uh, or a lot of people look at sacks like uh, as the big third down plays, right? The end drives. I want want first down pressures in sacks. Saturday. Uh, you know, it totally took uh, uh, Baylor out of anything they wanted to do, right? It's pressure on first downs. It's getting Oklahoma behind the chains. It's stressing them. That's where I want to see the pressure. That's where I want to see a couple of sacks Saturdays on first downs uh, to where Oklahoma then has to adjust what they want to do within a possession. Get Oklahoma behind the chains. No different than is going to try to get Quinn by and start behind the chains because Texas third and long is not very good. This year, no. No, I mean that's key defensively. That's pretty simple stuff, but I think that's where I'm at.
1: Well, they've done a good job. P- Pete Kukowski has his defense has improved each and every year, yeah. and it really has. He's got uh, a group in the secondary and the front that know what they're doing right now. That's probably the biggest key on defense. It's not so much the personnel because they lost Moro, Jomo, and Keandre Coburn. Everybody else is pretty much the same. Yes, they, I guess they added uh, Ethan Burke, and to some degree. They added uh, Jalen Catalan, but most of the personnel is the same,
2: yeah.
1: uh, you know. So, we'll we'll see that. Drew oh. Coulson here. That's right, Jerry. Every team has denied us the deep ball since Bama. you yep. got to take what the defense gives you. They gave up uh, – uh, Kansas gave up 661 yards of total offense last week.
3: Yeah, I mean – By having
1: two deep safeties. Nothing, so,
3: this is where Texas is going to be such a different team this year. Last year, Dave Aranda said it in his Monday press conference. Last year, we worried about one receiver. That's not a knock on Winnington. What 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 Aranda was talking about is who can beat me one-on-one. And it was, it was worthy last year. This year, you look at Texas and say, okay, there's a guy on the other side, A.D. Mitchell. And all it takes is hitting two or three of those deep balls against Nick Saban's athletes. And you're like, whoa, uh-oh. And then J.T. Sanders is running wide, but open. Uh, in, in Tuscaloosa, crossing the field, stiff-arming guys. And D coordinator's are like, whoa, we don't have Alabama's personnel. This is a little different team than what we saw last year. How do we defend these guys? And you're going to – if you're – if I, I think Kansas defended Texas the correct way in the passing game. Make them run longer developing routes, opposite hash throws. Look, if you make – if we can't get pressure – and, you, and those t- routes have time to develop. And Quinn makes uh, accurate throws. You just tip your hat, man. Sometimes you got to tip your hat and move on.
0: Uh, Drew Kelson says, 20-yard curls are open because people fear the deep ball.
3: That is 100% it. All it takes is Xavier Worthy running by Kool-Aid or whoever, and A.D. Mitchell over the top in that nationally televised
0: game. That's all it took. All right, we got time for just a little bit more. And Jerry, we have a couple of recruiting questions that have been asked multiple times, so I'm gonna let you answer those real quick. only uh, heoli Frioli ninety three says any chance the and Moore shows up at the Cotton Bowl.
3: I'm not gonna say there's not a chance it's a twenty five minute drive. Um, right now, he's not scheduled to be there, but look, Alex January and a teammate are gonna be there. Colin Simmons probably gonna be there. It won't shot. I, I, it will not surprise me. It won't surprise me if there's eight Duncanville players at this game. I mean, there's gonna be like six DeSoto players at this game tomorrow. They don't all have offers. Texas may not recruit all of them, but Byron Washington, Tiger Ridden, and uh, Booby Feaster, fresh star, freshman receiver, 30 offers, and a couple of teammates are coming to that game. Nothing will surprise me here. It's a 20-25-minute 20, drive.
0: And then we've had a lot, and I mean a lot of questions about Kobe Black, so I'm going to roll these next yeah. two questions into each other, Jerry. Uh, Jason Nablinski says, Jerry, any Kobe Black thoughts? And then Ski Breck says, Kobe Black was scheduled to be at Texas a this weekend for a while. What about Solomon Williams as well? And he's been another one that's been asked about quite a what,
3: bit. Yeah, I mean, look, a and game plan of recruiting is right in front of us. They're going to try to kneecap Texas on any defensive lineman, Period. Dominic McKinley, now Solomon Williams, smart by Texas A&M, in my opinion, with Texas headed to SEC. Kobe Black, look, the last thing A&M wants to see is Colin Simmons commits to Texas. Then they also get Kobe Black during the season committed to Texas. I mean, that's a lot of momentum. And that's two of your five stars inside the state line. So A&M's going to fight it as much as they can. I think Texas remains in a good spot with Kobe Black. But A and not going to make this easy. Look, this is a great thing. This is why all this is fun for all of us. To me, is these should not be easy recruitments. If Kobe Black's an easy recruitment for Texas, Texas A and not doing their job. I mean, bottom line, if. if 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 Florida's not trying, if Florida State tried on Cedric Baxter last year. If there's not max effort put in these recruitments, these guys aren't doing their job, and they're getting paid hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars. You don't just let these kids walk to Texas as they're gaining momentum. If you're Texas A&M, same way Texas tried to fight A&M two years ago with that number one class. Uh, but Solomon Williams is interesting to me because he's from Tampa. He made the unexpected, unexpected unofficial visit for the Auburn game with his coach. Now he's coming back for an official visit the weekend after Texas with his mom. His recruitment's coming down to Annemar, Texas. We'll see which way it goes. But Texas A&M wins the the, uh, recency bias as far
0: as visits go. That's for sure. Okay, we're going to switch back to some team questions. We'll take two or three more and then let you guys get on because you have plenty more to do today. There's a
3: lot of chat popping up that Jalen Milrow's out this weekend now.
0: Very interesting. Oh, what are they going to do at quarterback? Not good. That's not good at all. Hope for the best and expect the worst, probably. Uh, Brandon Huey with the Super Chat says, What's more likely, a Catalan forcing a fumble or Jonte Cook getting his first touchdown?
1: Well, I think it's going to be Catalan forcing a fumble. Um, He hits like a sledgehammer. Yeah. (laughs) He he caused one last week um, against uh, Kansas. Uh, Look, those guys are going to be in space, and he's going to be running at them hard.
0: Y'all still there? There we go. Yeah, we're here. We, got your, we got your audio back. We're good now.
3: We GC. had a, a flyover,
0: so we couldn't
3: <laughs> it for a while. Yeah. Um, but I, I, Catalan, look, that'd be two weeks in a row with a force fumble. Uh, the thing with Catalan to me is uh, we were talking about it on the air with uh, in Austin Radio with Rod and Aaron before we started today. Who's seen more of the veer and shoot than Jalen Catalan? He practiced against it for three years. He's going to see everything and know everything in this game. He had his best games as a Longhorn against Alabama. I expect his best game as a Longhorn to be against Oklahoma. The more, the better his stats are. And I think he's going to play more in the biggest games and, I think this is a guy that knows this offense inside and out. And I think he's Jalen Catalan's gonna have a big game in the Cotton Bowl, his, which will probably be his only game in the
0: Cotton Bowl. And then Russell Hinkle with the Catalan question says, I think Catalan and Williams get a lot of playing time. I think this is the game you unleash him. Do you all agree? Jerry
1: hit it on the head for me. Uh, I think I think you have to play him a bunch. Uh he has familiarity with the offense. I think he also uh understands. Uh, what it means to play in big games. He's done it before. Uh, Derek Williams, you know, they've they have been – they've not played him much in games they were concerned about getting beat over the top because he's a young guy. Uh, and so that meant they were concerned about him against Alabama and concerned about him against Kansas. Otherwise, he's played a lot. Uh, and I think that that's going to continue to be the case until they really feel 100% confident that he that he can handle the deep ball. And Oklahoma presents a different kind of uh problem for safety than any previous offense they've had because Gil Gabriel is good at throwing the deep ball.
3: Uh, and that or the second scenario is if uh Keaton Crawford's now had a lot of opportunities. If, if he can't keep giving them up That's like right they did against Kansas, that probably did not go
0: over real well for a experienced player. I think we have a super chat here from Mike Gothell. I want to thank Mike for that. He says, How has Gavin Holmes been performing this season? Will he be a great fit to sub in for Ryan Watts?
1: He plays opposite. He doesn't he won't sub for, for Watts, first of all. Uh Watts actually is a uh the boundary corner. Holmes plays the field. Uh so he will actually play opposite uh Terrence Brooks. Uh Holmes has played very well that so far this year, though, Jerry. Uh, he's had a good, solid uh, run at it and has been going, you know, look, he he held down the starting spot yeah, and he's getting a roughly 25, 20 to 25 snaps a game. The fact that you're not hearing his name, it's a good
3: thing, him and Terrence Brooks, yeah, thing.
1: says, says something.
3: I, I think what you could see this week is is that I one, I think it's a game Taylor made for Gavin Holmes, by the way. I mean, the receivers are lined up wide outside the hashes, right, at the numbers. Uh, It's a speed game. Oklahoma's going to test the field vertically. They're going to attack Texas vertically, assuming their offensive line holds up. It's a great game for Gavin Holmes, but I also think you're going to see Terrence Brooks maybe play both sides this week. You have to. You have to. Brooks is going to take on a bigger role. You're going to see him and Malik Muhammad on the boundary side, and Brooks play field side. Uh, so I think that's what you're going to see, but it's a game tailor-made for Gavin Holmes.
1: I, I agree with that because they're going to press deep. Yeah, and he runs
0: well. Uh, he he's the fastest corner Texas has. Yes. Okay, guys. Last question for today, and it's the toughest one, no doubt. J and K Runaway says, "How early you boys getting the Terry Blacks?"
1: <laughs> I think we're going to be over there around two o'clock.
0: Well, it's nine twenty right now.
3: Uh, no, we'll get there around two, Terry Blocks. Sure. Yeah, it's round two.
1: Please join us. I, I think we're going to go on air around 2.30, by the way, uh, Blake, instead of the regular 3 uh, o'clock today. So, uh, folks, uh, be aware of that as well.
0: All right, Bobby. And then before we get out of here, I'm going to let you tell everybody you got that. But what about this weekend? What can we expect on Texas football?
1: Uh, we're going to be wall-to-wall coverage. Uh, not only do we have uh, Jerry and, and Rod are going to talk a little uh, football quarterback room around noon today. Uh, then we have the live stream this afternoon. Uh, Justin and uh, Joe come in with questions answered. Then I've got a Saturday conversation I've got to uh, do with uh, the great Paul Wadlington. And then it's Watch With Us uh, along with Paul, or excuse me, along with Aaron Hogan, myself, Ian Boyd, Rod Babers. will all be there. And then we have the post-game show as well, brought to you by Flight, the next generation of light beer. So uh, look, those guys. Uh, we we have a lot of stuff coming. Please join us as well on Inside Texas. Uh, right now, we have a special going on uh, on InsideTexas.com. Uh, promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23. One dollar for two months. That's one dollar for two months. Just remember to select the monthly offer, and this is for only for introductory offers. Ah, uh, to the site.
3: hey uh, Blake, they they want our last one last predictions. I, I'm at thirty three twenty four Bobby, I think thirty twenty
0: four. what 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 you got, Blake? man, I, I don't think it's gonna be as close as y'all think it is. I, 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 I'm gonna go thirty four seventeen. Interesting. All right, Blake, we may owe you one. We may owe
1: you a flight. <laughs>
0: I right, got it right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Coffee and Football. We want to thank all of you for tuning in. Thank you all for the super chats. As Bobby said, wall-to-wall coverage all weekend long right here on On Texas Football, so be sure to tune in for that. Uh, we want to thank dare Lab, Manscaped, and Game Time, all for sponsoring today's show. And for Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you on Monday morning. The guys will see you here in just a little bit.
1: Hook them. Hook (laughs) them. Let's go.